things of life really wear on a tree? Amidst drought, fire, plagues, pollution, disease. Its annual rings reflect the times and seasons it has weathered. The same can be said of our lives. Our markings tell tales of our own storms weathered. But environment does not hinder the building. We continue to build, grow, and sow today, knowing the master builder will reveal his promises true in our tomorrows. A divine setup for what will only one day be fully seen. God has blessed our church with an incredible, thriving youth ministry. Some may call them the next generation, but here at Celebration, we proudly call them the now generation. At all three of our campuses, the Arena, St. John's, and Orange Park, our middle and high school students pack the place for worship and an encouraging message each week as they gather from all over Jacksonville. While they hold great power and influence, middle and high school students also face more challenges and hardships today than ever before. From bullying, drugs and alcohol, premarital sex, pregnancy, abuse, suicide, and more, the statistics are real and they are daunting. On top of all that, one in three have little or no belief in God, the Bible, or hope for the future. Whatever the cause, we believe that as a church, God can use us to be a part of the solution to redeem their hope and their purposes in Christ, unleashing them to be all that God has called them to be right now. Starting January 2015, we want to hold monthly citywide youth outreaches right here at Celebration. It is our hope that through these outreaches, youth from all over Jacksonville will find a place where they can encounter God and secure their identity in Him, knowing His plans for them are perfect and good, and walk in that confidence no matter what circumstances they face. No differently than, than you and me, we believe that every one of our young people is called according to God's purpose, and we want every young person in Jacksonville to hear and come to the saving knowledge of that truth. Please join us in continuing to pray for the students of Celebration. And we want to thank you for being a part of not only bringing the good news of Jesus to our own, but to more and more students in our city. Come on, let's give God a big, big hand for our youth and for... Uh... And for our youth all over this city that, uh, man, we are really fired up about and under some very uh, clear direction from God to really go after the youth in our city next year. It's going to be so, so exciting. Church, would you please help me welcome all of our locations at this time? Let's uh, come on. Welcome into the experience. And... Uh, uh, especially those of you at the Orange Park campus, I want to remind you that I'll be speaking at your 5.30 service tonight. It'll be a different message from Sunday morning, so I hope I'll see you there tonight. It's going to be awesome, wonderful. So glad you're here this Sunday. We're going to continue in our legacy series and kind of the third part of this legacy series. And man, uh, God is really doing some great things in our church and in the, the lives of of our families, and so I hope that you're enjoying this service. It's it's been or, or this series. It's been one of my favorite things to 
preach on. I've been waiting to preach on this for the last uh, few months. I just want to give a little bit of review and then we'll jump into today's message in case uh, you weren't here the last couple of weeks. But we're looking at the five laws of legacy. And the first law we talked about a couple of weeks ago was that we reap only what has been sown. We reap only what has been sown either by ourselves or by someone else. And uh, just to give you a definition of legacy, legacy is something handed down or passed on from an ancestor or a predecessor or from the past. And so all of us, we are reaping what others have sown from the past, whether your family, the country that we live in, uh, uh, all things like that. And we're also reaping things that we have sown ourselves. All of us are going to build and leave some type of legacy. All of us are going to build something and we are going to pass down something. It's our choice to decide what we are going to pass down. And here was kind of my power statement from week one, and that is this. It's legacy is built by our conduct, not by our intentions. It's built by our conduct, not by our intentions. And so if you've been sowing negatively and maybe uh, uh, leaving negative things or building negative things in your life, the good, way is, the good news is you've behaved yourself into that. You can also behave yourself out of that. And because you behaved yourself in just in natural strength, when you behave yourself out according to the grace and power of God, you get out of that thing so much faster than you got into it. Come on, can you thank God for his mercy? And and real quickly, let's go over kind of our, our, our statement that we've been talking about here with legacy, okay? So if you sow a thought, you reap an act. If you sow an act, you reap a habit. That's a big thing about God first life, developing those good habits. You, you sow a habit, you reap a character. Okay, this begins to be now who we are and what we're going to pass down. You sow a character, you reap a legacy. So we're all going to leave a legacy. Then in uh, last week, law number two was we not only reap only what has been sowed, but we reap in the same kind as we sow, the same kind and in the same nature, in the same uh, proportion to what we sow. And a few things we learned from last week. Number one, don't eat all of your seed. Okay, part of that is why the tithe is so important, that sacred portion, that's, that's part of your seed. And the way that you live life, the way that you enjoy life is you're enjoying uh, reaping the blessings of God, but you also are continually able to sow seed because you need new seeds for a new harvest. Can I have a good amen? Okay, so uh, the second thing is plant what you want to harvest. Plant what you want to harvest. You want people to talk good about you? Then you need to talk good about others. (laughs) Do you want friends? Then you need to show yourself friendly. Do you want mercy? You need to show mercy. Do you want a financial blessing? You need to sow finances into the kingdom of God. It's very powerful when we understand we can create a harvest of the type of blessing that we want through the seed that was sown. Jesus put it simply this way, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And then also plant the amount that you want to harvest. Luke 6, 37 and 38, Jesus said this, not Stovall, the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Did you hear that? He's not just talking about money. He's including money, but he is talking about everything. The amount you give will determine the amount that you get back. And here's the power statement from last week. God doesn't decide how blessed you are. You do. God doesn't decide how blessed you are. Listen, he's already decided. The promises of God are yes and amen. 
He's waiting to bless you. Jesus is saying right here, you give and you will receive. Press down, shaken over, running into your lap. Here's what Jesus is saying. If you want to reap God's blessings, you have to sow. There has to be a harvest for you. But the awesome thing is, because your big is a lot smaller than God's big, God will always bless you so much more than you could ever give to him. Come on, can you thank God for his, he, he's, he's a generous one. Okay, so let's, let's uh, kind of go into today. Okay, let's go back and kind of read kind of our theme scripture for this series, Galatians chapter six, seven through 10. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. Here's what the apostle Paul is saying. Listen, if you don't believe this law, you're living in deception. You are living in deception. I don't believe it's sowing, reaping, blah, blah, blah. Paul's saying you're living in deception. God is not mocked. He's saying if you don't believe this, it's like you're walking around. That word mocked, it literally means in the Greek to stick your nose up at God. You're just sticking your nose. You're, you're saying, I... And the Bible says you're living in deception and you're, you're, you're snubbing God. Come on, don't snub God. That's what I could have entitled this series. Okay, look, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, everybody say in due season. Okay, you notice it says in due season, not in your season. It's due season. Why? Because listen, we can plant, we can water, we can do all those things. But let me tell you who the grower is, God. And when God gives you your return, it's going to be a full, blessed return. God decides the seasons. That's why I'm amazed. Like people start tithing. It's been like two days. Where's my raise? Where's my reaping? Now you've been living in debt for 20 years. Spending your money like a madman. You tithe one time. God, something hadn't happened in two days. Here's the good news. You behaved yourself into that mess. Guess what? You can behave yourself out. But you might have to tithe more than one time. That's why in our tithing challenge, we say six weeks because the Bible does say prove me. So we give it that 40 days, six weeks. You start tithing. If you don't see the tangible blessing of God in your life within six weeks, we'll give you all your money back. All your money back. How, how can you lose with that? Some of y'all are trying to think up a way. Okay, how can I, how can I not do it this time? Let me, let me think of a reason. How, how can you lose with that? God says testing. God says trying. Okay, look, in due season, we'll not look. If, if we do not lose heart, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. I like this, especially those who are of the household of faith. So like today on the video announcement, you heard about what? The heart for the house offering, the household of faith. That's what that offering goes towards, building the house of God, reaching and discipling the youth in our church and in our city. It's an opportunity to the household of faith. Now, I'm going to talk about this later in the series, but it's so important when the opportunity presents itself that you sow. Because the opportunity is just that. It's an opportunity. That means it's a window and then it's closed. So, so important we understand that. So what I want to talk to you about for the next few moments this morning, I want to talk to you 
uh, about the legacy law number three, and I've entitled this message, New Seeds for a New Harvest. New Seeds for a New Harvest. How many of you are excited about a great new harvest in 2015? Are you excited about that? New Seeds for a New Harvest. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for an awesome church with awesome people, God. In 2015, it is gonna be the greatest year ever, God, because we are gonna reap some great and awesome things that we sow. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen and amen. I'm gonna get right into law number three here, three, the five laws of legacy. Law number three, you reap in a different season than you sow. You reap in a different season than you sow. Now, we just read, you know, due season in Galatians 6, 9. Let me give you another scripture here. Genesis chapter 8. Verse 22, look what God says. He says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Everybody say seed time and harvest. What does that mean? There's a, there's a time to sow, but then there's a time to reap. Am I right? And if you're a farmer, if you understand agriculture, what? There's a, a seasonal opportunity to sow. If you don't sow in that season, what? You're not gonna get the kind of crop that you wanna get. There is a seed time and a harvest. So what that means is you reap in a different season than you sow. Now, this is obviously common sense. Why? Because all seeds have different periods of germination. Some things you reap very quickly. Some things take a long time to reap. Like if you go out in the field and you just put down some grass seed, those are going to spring up in a couple of days. Come on, how many of you, you just like... Just give me a, I need a couple of days blessing. I don't want to wait. But there, there is, like you sow grass seeds, they're going to spring up in a couple of days. But you know, ladies, you have a baby. That seeds what? That seeds nine months. Going to involve a little pain. But boy, that payoff is awesome. Isn't it, isn't it awesome when you reap that baby? Yeah, some of you dads are like, well, I provided the seed. Yeah, but you didn't do any of the work. All right, y'all. You dads had the fun part. So anyway. So to that, and then, you know, like, like an elephant, an elephant, two years, takes two years to have a baby. And in my life and walking with God, I've experienced these things where I sowed something. I've experienced a quick reaping. I've experienced long reapings. And here, here's what I know. The longer the waiting, the bigger the harvest. Let me, let me give you an example of this. I, I've told these stories sometimes. The reason sometimes I repeat these stories, I've got a lot more stories. It's just, this is where it clicked for me. So it's like, oh, seed time and harvest. I get it now. I get this, this law here. So one time when I was a young guy and I was a missionary and uh, I was going to the Amazon jungle and also Russia one year. And it was like the day before the money was due for both trips, 24 hours. Okay. I was short, um, on my Amazon trip. And then I didn't have any money for my Russia trip. But it was all due the next day. I had a couple hundred dollars in my personal account. Money had come in, but I, I, I was, I, I, first of all, I couldn't even go on the Amazon trip yet. And I wasn't gonna go. And then the Russia trip, for sure, man, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. I thought God wanted me uh, to go on both of these trips. So I'm praying, I'm just like, God, help me. I wanna go on these trips. I feel like you're calling me to go on these trips, but man, I've sent out all my letters. I've raised money. I've done everything I possibly can. And I just felt led to call this friend of mine who was also a missionary. And I was telling him, asking him to pray for me and telling him my story. He said, well, Stovall, how much money do you have in your personal account? I said, well, I got a couple of 
$100, you know, two, $300, something like that. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take all the money that you have in your personal account and I want you to sow that in another missionary's mission trip. I'm thinking, what? <laughs> like, wait, man, I got like, you know, I can at least put this two or $300 towards my trip and then I even need more money, but at least that helps a little. He said, he said listen, if you want to harvest, you have to sow a seed. And so, man, I prayed about it. And then I was kind of thinking, yeah, what I got to lose? You know what I'm saying? So I took the money that I had, all of that money, and I sowed it in another person's uh, mission trip account. Are you ready for this? In 24 hours, I had all the money that I sent in from an unknown source that, or a source that I wasn't expecting. I knew the person, obviously. In 24 hours, I had all the money that I needed sent in, not only for my Amazon trip, but also for my Russia trip. And watch this. Watch. Here's the other thing. Since that day, from that time forward, I never struggled raising money for a mission trip again. And I always, when I had a trip coming up, I always made sure that I sowed in other people's mission trips. Now, guess what? That was a quick Blessing, wasn't it? I mean, that was like next day blessing. So that was a very short season. Wasn't immediate, but a very short season. Now, let me tell you about a longer season, okay? Uh, this is back several years ago, and uh, we were living right over here in Hampton Park at the time, okay? And so my kids, my kids really wanted a swimming pool, swimming pool. Some of you are like, well, pastors shouldn't have a swimming pool. Listen, give me a break, all right? I got kids, man. We tried the neighborhood pool, all right? The neighborhood pool didn't work out for me. I go there with my kids, man, I'd be like floating on a raft and I could just see people looking at me, you know, like talking to each other. Isn't that pastor over there? What's he doing out floating on that raft? It's Saturday. Shouldn't he be praying and fasting for the message tomorrow? I thought he worked out. Look how out of shape he is. You know, he does all that hunting. I bet it's all that meat he's eating. <laughs> no, look, I, I needed a place with my kids, okay? So anyway, we, we were like, okay, we started at the beginning of the year. Okay, this is it. We're going to save up for a pool, okay? It's going to take us all year to, to save up for this pool. We're going to save up for a pool. So we save up for a pool, but we were in our building campaign, the building campaign to get in here to the arena. So sure enough... We get to the end of the year. It's our end of the year offering. Guess what God puts on our hearts to give? Yes, is our so so. Okay, we got the pool money. So we sit down with the kids. Kids, look, we're you know we can't build a pool this year. You know we're going to give it to the heart for the house offering next year. Next year, yes, yes, yes. So what do you think happened next year? We're still not in the building. <laughs> so we save up for a pool, and, and here's the good news: from other sources of income, not my church compensation, from other sources of income, we may, we do better than next year. So we have not only that money, but some more money. Okay. So I'm thinking, okay, this is great because we got some good stuff for heart for the house, but we also have enough money for the pool. But then when we pray about it, guess what the Lord says? Okay. Get the kids in. Kids, listen. Next year, we, we're, gonna, we're giving this all to the heart for the house. Next year, we'll do the pool. Come on, third time's the charm. I'm feeling good. God's going to let us build the pool this year. Next year, it's the third year. 
We even have more money come in uh, from other incomes, which is a big deal. So just to let you know whether you care about it or not. Like I didn't take a raise for four years, for four years when we were getting in uh, this building. I know a lot of y'all like to deduct my pay anyway, but I'm just telling you. Okay, so, <laughs> so it's the third year. And sure enough, Karen and I pray and we're like, man, we got this extra income. We feel like God wants us to give it all. Okay, this is the third year. And now I really feel like I'm losing integrity with the kids. You know what I'm saying? So Karen and I are pre- preparing like, you know, we hear these pastor stories. They're not gonna like the church because, you know, you keep taking the pool away. I mean, you know, all these kind of things. But we really feel this God. So we call them around the table and Carrie and I are expecting like this big, you know, kids meltdown. We promised them it's the third year. They're finally getting a pool. We bring the table and say, kids, listen, we know the last few years we've said you're getting a pool. But as we prayed again, you know, and they're all like, we know dad, God told you to give the money. <laughs> give the money to Jesus, give the money to, to the church. And, and uh, I was like, so y'all, you, you know, y'all understand that? Y'all, every single kid, my oldest, Kaylin, she's like, Dad, I think that's awesome. She's like, Dad, I think that's great. That, I mean, that's, that's who needs the money. We'll get a, we'll, we'll eventually get the pool. All of my kids, Stovey, Annabelle, they're all like, oh yeah, Dad, that's fine. That's great. We understand. This, this is God's kingdom. See, let me, let me help you with, with legacy, okay? A lot of times we think in terms of legacy of what we leave for our children, it's not what we leave for our children. It's what we deposit in our children. There are not enough pools in the world to buy people happiness. And you cannot buy, but when that's deposited on the inside, it deposits something that is intangible and eternal and builds character. So we give all that uh, money to, uh, to the building fund that year. So, so, so now we're just, forget about the pool, <laughs> you know, whatever, we've, we've, whatever. So here's another long story short. So we move in this building or it's the year that we're moving in this building. Very long story short, okay. Carrie and I find a house that's almost in foreclosure, unbelievable price. And guess what that house has, even though we weren't looking for it, in the backyard, not only a pool twice as big as the one we were gonna build, but come on a hot tub. My kids got a pool, my kids got a hot tub, and my kids got a, a new house. You know why? Because God knows how. You give, it'll be given back to you. Pressed down, shaking over, running into your lap. It took three years, but man, that was a great harvest. Come on, give God a hand for that. So here's what I wanna ask you. Listen, are you ready to have a great harvest in 2015? Well, if you're ready to have it, your harvest in 2015 depends on the seed you sow in 2014. It does. Whether it's small, whether it's big, listen, that isn't just in proportion to the amount that you give in terms of how big is your offering, but it is in proportion to the amount of the sacrifice that you give. And I'm gonna tell you some good things about that and why that is so important. Look, look, look at this scripture here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 12. 
Look what the apostle Paul says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Do you wanna reap bountifully? Then sow bountifully. For, for a single mom of someone, you know, you're struggling with all that, man. I mean, a few hundred dollars might be a huge offering on December 7th. For some people, that same in proportion offering could be a few thousand, a few ten thousands, a few hundred thousand. I don't know. God knows where you are. But look what it says here. It says, let each one give as he what? Purposes. Purposes. And a lot of times we think that's only the amount, but it's more than the amount. It's not just the amount of money, but it's also you purpose in your heart the type of harvest that you want to receive. It has to do with purpose. Now look, purpose is in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver and God is is able to make all grace. Everybody say all grace. All grace abound towards you that you having always having all sufficiency in all things. So everybody say all things. Do you see now it's gone much more than money. Do you see that here? All things is not just money, even though this is tied to money. And all things may have an abundance for every good work. Look, as it is written, he, dis- he has dispersed abroad. This has to do with seed. He has given to the poor, poor in spirit, people that have needs. His righteousness endures forever. That's legacy. That's legacy right there. This is a legacy statement. And I'm gonna get to why, because it's not just the money that you sow, it is the character that you deposit and what you pass on. So here's my power statement for today. Ready? Sow a seed according to your need. Have I already said that? I did. Sow a seed according... (laughs) to your need. Did I already say that really? Okay, y'all write it down anyway. It's worth saying twice. Sow a seed according to your need. Before I get into a few of those things, I wanna tell you the second thing. Remember I said how God spoke to me three things over the summer and the first, first one was about, man, I need to press in, plug in, you know, and, and because I'm gonna miss some opportunities that he has for our church family and for our church. Let me tell you the second thing that God spoke to me this summer when I was in this season of prayer. I was in prayer and uh, all of a sudden the, the Holy Spirit, I mean, I, I was in God's presence. It, it was a, a powerful experience and I felt the Holy Spirit impress on me, say to me, we're going to war. We're going to war. Now, God's never spoken to me like that before. So I kind of needed to process that. Okay, we're going to war. Okay, what does that mean? Like, you know, is this just you and me, God? Like, who are we fighting? Like, what's, you know, what's going on? And God said, we're going to war. And as I meditated and, and prayed about that, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, we are going to war for the youth of this nation. That the battle... Stovall, the battle, the battle is for the youth of America. That's where the enemy is right now. And we're gonna lose a country. We're gonna lose a generation. We're gonna lose that right now, the enemy, that's where he is. He's on the youth. And if he can get the youth, five, 10 years, it's over. It's over. So I felt like this mandate, we're going to war. 
And those kids, man, if you, know, if you look into it, the things that they're exposed to, I mean, pornography 24-7, all the things going on with social media, what our own media is just pumping them and pumping them and pumping them. And if they don't have a strong identity of who they are in Christ, they are gonna be tossed to and fro. And every time they're over here, part of their soul is fractured. And then they're over here and part of their soul is fractured. And this group of people's tell them to be this. And this group of people's telling them, you know, if you feel it, do it. And if this group of people saying, just experience all things. And this group of people saying, your parents don't know Jack. And all of these things are bombarding our Church, I'm telling you, thus saith the Lord, if we do not rise up and go after the youth of Jacksonville and the youth of this nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we will lose a generation. So what you're going to see, that's part of our uh, 2014, that Heart for the House offering and our 2015 initiatives, we are going to develop the best, strongest, most tr- strategic, world-class youth program and discipleship program to get those kids set free and strong in who they are in Christ. We're, listen, we're, we are going to bring in the, be, the, the, the best and create the most, incre- they're, they're going to have like a shine type conference, but a youth conference once a month. It's going to be once a month, these huge, wide city outreaches right here. I'm going to bring in, listen, don't be mad at me, but y'all aren't going to get to hear as much of the Christine Canes and the Judah Smiths and all those people. You know who we're bringing in for? Our young people. We're bringing them in for the youth of this city. We're bringing them here for the youth. That's who needs to hear them. That's who needs a role model. And what I need is a church that understands where the fight is. And we're not going to sit back any longer, but we're going to take the fight to the street and where the enemy is. And what the enemy is taking, we're going to take it back in Jesus' name. So that's what you're going to see as we get into this Heart for the House offering. A big chunk of that is going to go to youth for next year, youth outreach. We want an additional youth facility. Obviously, at our, our campuses, it's going to go toward land and, and, and the buildings uh, there that we have at OP, that land. And we're re- very close to getting some at St. John's. You know why? Because we want these youth gatherings all around the city. I believe, like God's told me, we're supposed to have seven locations here in Jacksonville. We have a hub right here in the city and we're gonna go north, south, east, west. We are gonna surround this city with the glory of God and we're gonna take back the next generation. We're taking them back, man. So that's why, here's, here's what I need you to do. Here, let, let me read the rest of the scripture in the, in the New Living Translation because I'll keep preaching, okay? I gotta get through this and... Okay, watch this. Here's the rest of that scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 10 through 12. Look, from the same, for God is the same one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, look, as you sow seed, look, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Do you see that there? So let me tell you what this is gonna be. This is why it's so important to sow a seed in 2014, your biggest, best cash offering, that seed, because watch, you're not only gonna sow that, 
but you're also gonna turn in your 2015 over and above giving estimate, over and above your tithe. Now watch, here's what I believe and here's what I'm gonna be praying for and I'm gonna pray that scripture right there. Does that say that God will, he gives you seed to sow the verse before that and that he, does it say that he will provide and increase your resources? Is that what it says there? And he'll produce a great harvest of generosity in you. In other words, you can continue to be generous. Here's what I believe. I believe that the seed that you sow in 2014 is gonna bring in what you want to give over and above in 2015 so that you can be generous way more than you thought possible. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? That's why that seed's so important. Verse 11, it says, yes, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to God, But for those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and then they will joyfully express their thanks to God. So here's what he's saying. Here's what Apostle Paul's saying. Look, it's a win-win. You sow seed, God's gonna multiply that back to you so that yes, you can eat the bread too. You can enjoy those benefits, but you continually have more seed to sow in 2015. And then he's talking about the saints in Jerusalem. We're talking about the youth of this city and these other campuses here. And then what he's gonna say is, as you start seeing the fruit and you start reaching these young people and you start hearing the testimony and they're thanking God, you know what? They're thanking God, but they're also thanking God about your generosity because you're the ones that gave to make it happen. Now watch. Wait, so are you saying this? Are you so so here when I talk about sow a seed according to your need, watch. Here's what you need to decide. What is your need in 2015? What is your need in 2015? Do you need a child to get on fire for God? Then I challenge you to sow a financial seed to get other kids on fire for God. Watch. Do you need healing in your mind or body or in a relationship? I challenge you to sow a seed to bring healing in a young person's life and in their relationships or or reaching people from a new campus or whatever like that. Watch, are you thinking about starting a new business next year? You you have a business idea or another job maybe you're looking for and you wanna bring more money and that kind of idea. I challenge you to sow a seed in the Father's business and in the heavenly business and in the kingdom of God business and you don't see if he doesn't bless you back so much more. Okay, what? Stovall, are you telling me, wait, are you saying that I can buy a miracle? Absolutely not. But money is a tool that activates your faith. That's why Jesus said in Matthew, what do you say? When you fast... When you pray and what? When you give. Those are the three seed activators. When you fast, not if. When you pray, not if. And when you give, not if. Those things, when you do do those things, those are seeds. So are you mean to tell me in the fast when I go without food that going without food is gonna manipulate God to do a miracle in my life? Absolutely not. But you know what? When you fast, it activates your faith and you can get into a faith zone that you could not have had if you didn't fast. And that's what brings a miracle. It's the same thing with giving. When you take what that money represents, it's your energy, it's your sacrifice. It's what you wanted. You wanted the pull for your family. It would have met one of your needs. It's the intangible. And when you sow that, yes, you get the money back in kind, but there's something else that you're sowing that activates your faith. And that's what brings the miracle. So you know what we're gonna do? That's why this, have you ever thought about this? Abraham, the father of our faith? Is Abraham the father of our faith? 
We call him the father of our faith. What did God promise him? You'll be the father of what? Many nations, right? In other words, many children, right? God gave him the promise, but then what did Abraham? He had to take his own child. See, we just think about that sacrifice. Oh, it's just a, no, no. If he was gonna be the father of many children, then he was gonna have to sow his own, one of his own children. Are you following me? That was the seed. The reaping couldn't come without the seed. Now, thank God we know that God, is, he's not into human sacrifice unless he does it himself, Jesus. Come on, can you thank the Lord that Jesus... So he substituted the ramp. But do you see? There's always a seed. If you go, I could do the fishes in the loaf. I could do the women with the oil. I could take you to almost every miracle. Somewhere there is a seed somewhere that somebody sowed. So I'm going to leave you with these three things here, okay? Number one, to get a new harvest, you must sow a new seed. You think farmers this next year, you think they're thinking, well, you know, I sowed some seed back in 2009. (laughs) You want a new harvest? You have to sow a new seed. Do you want healing? Do you want blessing? Do you want your business to be blessed? Do you want your house to be blessed? And sow something into God's house. But attach your need. Lord, here's what I'm believing you for for this seed. Just like we do in the fast. And here's what you got at celebration. When you fast, when you pray, when you give, guess what? We're doing all three over the next two months from December through January. We're gonna give in 2014, that one-time offering. We're gonna turn in our 2015 faith estimates and then we're going into January and we're praying and fasting for 21 days over those seeds, over that harvest. You know, man, we're gonna water. We're gonna put some fertilizer on that seed. We're gonna come together with those faith commitments and pray for, man, is anybody fired up about a new harvest? So here's the thing, you might have had a bad harvest in 2014. Here's the good news, guess what? That harvest is about to die off. You're about to turn the tide at that heart for the house offering on December 7th. Here's the good news, that har- you might have had a bad harvest in 2014 or no harvest, that, that harvest is about to die off. Here's the thing, you can't do anything about 2014, but boy, you can do everything about 2015. You plant a new seed for a new harvest. You know what? You might have had a really tough year, you know, and you're, you just would have had a, you had a bum harvest in 2014. Here's the good news. You know, sometimes farmers will t- tell you this. You know, sometimes manure is the best fertilizer. I encourage you to do this. Use 2014 manure <laughs> to be the fertilizer for your 2015 <laughs> harvest. Cause you, hey, you know what? Because you know what that manure did? You know what that manure did? Made you a little smarter, didn't it? Made you realize, realize a few things, didn't it? What you're not gonna sow, what you're not gonna do, all those kind of things. God's gonna work all things for the good for those who love him. I'm telling you, use that 2014 manure for a great harvest in 2015, and it starts this December 7th. Come on, give God a hand for that. All right. So to get a harvest, you must sow a new seed. The second thing is, look, look what you have to plant. God's provided the seed. Look what you have to plant. Make sure it's the right seed and enough seed. Here's why I need you to pray. I need you to pray. I need you to ask God what to give on December 7th. 
And in addition to that, Lord, what do you want me? We call it a faith estimate. What do you want me to believe you for to give over and above my tithe in 2015? And God, if you provide it, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it. What is gonna be your faith estimate for over and above giving in 2015? Pray and ask God. Sometimes people think, they, I don't have anything to give. You look, you look and pray. He's provided the seed. We've had people give everything from cars to stocks to, I mean, all kinds of things. Just pray. See what God has for you to give. Maybe you could pick up an extra job for a few days in December. Ask God, if you meet your sales quota, well, Lord, if whatever I do above this, I'm gonna give to you. And remember, it's, it's November, December. So you give that to God and not the town center on Black Friday. Holla, holla. Come on. Ladies, I'm just telling you, my voice is gonna be in your head on that Black Friday shopping spree, all right? You get what you need to get, but don't get more than you need to get. And last thing, come on, sow in faith. Come on, let's get excited. I'm telling you, listen, there's an opportunity. God's given us this series. I believe this, that mandate, we're going to war for the youth. How many of you know that's close to the heart of God? How many of you know those young people are close to the heart of God? I'm telling you, I believe the seeds that we sow on December 7th and those, those faith estimates 2015, I believe we're gonna see one of the greatest reapings that we've ever seen. You know why? Because that war for the youth, we're just getting started. And God needs his church to be blessed so we can continue to give. Wars cost money, don't they, church? They cost money. And we are fighting for our heavenly father and for the souls of those young people. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I just pray. Everyone over the sound of my voice, Lord, all of our locations, those watching online right now, come on, how many of you right now, you just say, Stovall, I'm in. I'm in for the war. I'm gonna sow a seed I'm gonna, and I'm gonna attach a need to, to, to my seed that God's gonna meet my needs as I sow into the need of the kingdom of God. Raise those hands right now, man, you're in. You're saying, I'm in. I'm bringing something December 7th. Man, I'm sowing a harvest and, and, and I'm gonna take this sowing and reaping in all areas, friendships, mercy, everything else. Father, you see all the hands. God, I just move on our hearts. We ask you, Lord, show us what to give how much to give, and, and the needs that we have, our personal needs to attach to that gift because we are gonna see a mighty harvest of blessing in 2014, Lord. 2015, we thank you for 2014. 2015 is gonna be even greater. You can put those hands down. How many of you need to commit or recommit your life to Christ? You need to do that. You need to follow Jesus. Lift a hand up right now. You're away from God. You need to follow Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. At all of our locations, lift those hands up. Say this prayer right now if if you're ready to follow Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin and I follow you right now. Thank you for being my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for everlasting life in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, give God a big, big hand clap. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God-first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.